Welcome to the Reinvent Relevance Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Mutzfeld, Director of Learning at Merrifield Career Management. Our show is about what we do to help people who want to take charge of their careers. We call it Reinvent Relevance, embracing change to do meaningful work. Today's topic, what are the professional tools that a career seeker or career changer needs to have to remain relevant and not obsolete in the modern 2020 and beyond workforce? Joining me today is Michelle Merritt. She is the principal and founder at Merfeld. And Michelle, let's turn it over to you. What are some of the tools that your job seeker clients are going to need going forward? Thanks, Jason. You know, we're getting a lot of questions right now about how do I prepare for a job search? What do I, what are the things I need to have ready? The obvious one, and maybe the first one we should talk about is a resume. I would suggest that a network is a strong network is even more important than the resume, but strictly from a tactical tool standpoint, perhaps we should talk about the resume first. It's sort of the keystone that all the rest of it falls around, isn't it? Well, I certainly think it is that document, that marketing piece, if you will, that showcases what you've accomplished and what sets you apart. It's the leave behind when you have been networking. It's something you can send out to introduce yourself. It's what some people would call your brand or your calling card. Certainly a key piece of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that one of the most important things about a resume that might be different than when our listeners wrote their resume last or possibly, like many of us, have been building on that resume since college, um, you know, the key difference in today's resumes is that they're accomplishment-focused. They focus on what you've achieved, the outcome of your work, not just your job description or task list. We want to be able to demonstrate what you've done and what you've achieved. We want to use data and metrics wherever appropriate. Don't ever share anything you're not supposed to. But certainly where you can provide supporting data and metrics, I think it's very important to do so. That, because that information is going to translate from employer to employer, from industry to industry even in some cases. Ultimately, you're telling a story then with the data to back it up. So it's not just take my word for it. I'm really good at X. Here's the data to show I'm really good at X, correct? Absolutely. And anytime we can showcase leadership skills and abilities, we want to make sure to do that too. So telling me you've led a team of 1,500 people is wonderful, but telling me what that team accomplished and how you motivated them and directed them and how your leadership played a part in their success is really the difference there. Got it. Now, a lot of people also come to us and they're talking about their resumes, but they frequently bring up their LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. Now, tell us a little bit about your thoughts on LinkedIn and your resume. We always tell people they should match. Some people are completely against that. It seems to be about 50-50 as in the industry as to whether you should have the match or not. Illuminate that a little bit. Okay. So as an active job seeker, having that resume match, having your LinkedIn profile match your resume or mirror that resume can be a critical piece because it's going to make you more searchable. So when a hiring manager or a recruiter 
goes into LinkedIn and does a search for certain attributes, certain titles, certain experiences, certain accomplishments. If your resume is completely built out or your LinkedIn profile is completely built out to mirror your resume, you will be, able, you will be far more searchable on the site to hiring managers and recruiters. Now, a lot of times we'll get pushback from people who are not actively looking. Maybe they're passively searching. When that's the case, consider using the descriptions that you write for your resume and those key accomplishments that would attract clients, not always all of the leadership attributes or something like that. And that's important to bring up also that a resume and your LinkedIn profile aren't just about looking for a new job. They are not at all. that. That's one way they're used, but your resume and your LinkedIn profile, your professional presence in social media and in reality is about your present position just as much as your job search, correct? Absolutely it is. And, you know, it can be a great tool for courting new clients, for gaining new business, for getting exposure in your industry as an expert, for speaking at events, for um, being asked to be interviewed for podcasts like ours or articles, things like that. Those are vital components that will tell people what you've done, what you've accomplished, and what sets you apart. If you're going to use it that way, you want to consider things like what we often call a networking resume or that single page Instagram worthy often with your photo, icons, things like that. Um, That type of resume or even a professional bio, which is often a one-page document that is more of a narrative of your history and experience professionally. And those are closer to web copy than your average uh, resume might appear at first glance because they truly are a promotional piece. You're trying to promote who you are. So now strategy, that would be the, the overall, once we have our tools in place, we have our resume and we have our LinkedIn profile all up to date and we should be updating those frequently. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're always current. Uh, Don't wait 15 years. (laughs) You've been in the same job for 15 years. Don't wait 15 years to try and remember all you've done over 15 years. Keep it up to date. And but if you have waited 15 years, there, there is hope. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. You're not a lost cause. (laughs) You're not a lost cause by any means. But the strategy is the the second aspect of that interview strategy, uh, search strategy. Tell us a little bit about what can people who have decided to move on, whether whether voluntarily or involuntarily, what strategies can they take forward to remain relevant in the job market? So just as you would build a strategy around your current position, Let's say that you're an operations director for a large manufacturer. Then you every day are working in strategy, just the same as if you work in technology. You're building strategy for your year. You're building project plans, all of those things. This is no different. This is your next project, right? This is your next goal, your next KPI that you can work toward. So you want to build a strategy to figure out how to get there. Don't just go taking the shotgun approach that I'm just going to go out online and send a bunch of resumes to whatever might appeal to me, right? Because that's just going to do nothing but frustrate you. Yes, I expect that you're going to be out posting resumes to positions online. But here's the dirty little secret. 85% of all jobs are found through networking. 
Now, you may say you don't have a network, and that's a separate part we can talk about, but really beginning to manage your whole strategy, set a plan, how many positions you're going to post to, who you're going to reach out to in your network, who makes up your network, preparing your interview strategy, owning your accomplishments, getting comfortable stating your accomplishments in a way that is competent without being arrogant, hmm. understanding and what you need as far as compensation and how to negotiate compensation. These are all levels and, and layers in your upcoming strategic plan for your career. Yes, and it's ultimately important that, yes, you have a search strategy, but you also have that have, you have to have that interview strategy and negotiation strategy long before you ever get to an interview or get to a job offer. You wanna have those, even if they're just a rough outline, you want to have those in the can so that you know exactly where you're going and what you're doing. Would you say that's a fair thing? Absolutely, I would say that. You know, what will you do if an employer calls and says, hey, can I call you back in 20 minutes to, for a phone interview? You know, just came across your resume or, you know, our mutual friend told me that you might be interested in this and I need to hire now. What are you, you know, are you going to be ready in 20 minutes? Not if you haven't built an interview strategy into your search plan. Yes, there's nothing worse than regret of having to pass on something because you weren't ready for it. So it'd be like the Boy Scouts, be prepared. Uh, <laughs> so what else can we cover uh, for our listeners today, Michelle, that, that might be important for them to take away into the future? Let's talk about your network, right? Every single day I hear people say, I don't have a network or I hate networking. And what they really mean is I hate those awkward networking after hours cocktail parties that where I'm supposed to go up and introduce myself and have business cards on hand and all of those things. People hate that stuff and I completely understand why. You know, I network for a living. I teach people how to do this for a living. And I remember the very first one that I attended, I sat in my car for like 20 minutes and had to talk myself into going inside. So I totally get it. But here's the thing, everybody has a network. And what we walk clients through is sitting down and listing everybody you know. And so those are people that you're related to. Those are people you work with. Those are the parents of your children's friends. Those, those are the people you hang out with on Saturday night. Those are people that you worship with. All of those things. You start listing everybody you know, not just people you've worked with in the past. And then start to be brutal about your list. I handwrite this list but certainly you could do it in Excel or something like that. This is a list that only you are going to see. So you can just be brutal as you mark off who can help and who can't. But in order to determine who that is, I often will list where they work, where they worship, who their partner or spouse is, who are their children, where their children go to school, are their kids in sports, what are they, what are they doing on the weekends, who do they hang out with, who's their crew. What are they, um, what do they do when they're not at work? Can they help me? Are they politically involved? All of those things, right? Exactly. And you never know who knows somebody else. It's kind of like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, isn't it? You, you, may, know, you may know somebody and they may know somebody who knows somebody. Right. And you can never underestimate the value of human connection. That's one of the definitions to me at least, of relevance, which is making a meaningful human connection. 
relevance is all about connection and that's really the bottom line. Well, and a lot of people are afraid to reach out to that network because the second step after identifying that network is really making a plan to reach out. Mm -hmm. And my advice is always be direct, right? Be direct. Let people know why you're calling. If it's public that you're in a job search because you've been downsized or furloughed, then by all means, say that up front. Don't waste people's time. It's okay. Most people will understand, yeah, you know, I haven't heard from you in a while. You've been busy and now suddenly there's a need in your life. Most people are going to understand. The people who take offense simply politely apologize and move on. But, you know, have a strategy as to what to say, how to be brief but concise and direct and respectful of people's time. Ask them how they help, how they can help and who they can connect you to. Exactly. That's the key too. respectful. I mean, you're, you're sort of like a salesperson in the, you're cold calling, you're dialing for dollars in the, in the old fashioned parlance of cold calling, you're prospecting, but the difference is you're not just a salesperson and completely anonymous. You want to be a friend. You want to be respectful. And I think that's important that we, we need to stress that this is not, if you're going to ask for help, You need to ask for it in such a way that is respectful. And it it takes a lot of ego control to do that sometimes. And uh, it's not easy. (laughs) And I also think that turns it into a warm call as opposed to old-fashioned cold calling. You know, now someone may refer you on to someone else you don't know. That's still in sales, what we used to call a warm lead. But, you know, you need to make sure that you're following up with those people. Right? Don't rely on the person in your network to make the introduction for you because it's not their job. You're the one in the middle of the job search. So ask for their information. Ask if it's okay to contact them and follow up with that person. Let the other person know. Circle back to the person making the reference or the, recommend, or the connection for you. Let them know that you reached out. Copy them on the initial email, something like that. But, you know, Do your part, be active and respectful in the fact that this person is putting themselves on the line. They're putting their name to yours, which really at the end of the day, our reputation is one of the only things we really have. That is so true. Well, I think we're about out of time. I just want to say thank you to everyone for joining us today. Uh, To find out more about how you can take charge of your career, visit our website or reach out to us on LinkedIn. We're more than happy to meet new people. We hope you all have enjoyed listening and have taken away some things that you can use. We hope you have a great week. Stay safe. We will talk to you soon. Take care.